Hey guys, thanks for listening to Kinda Dating, the comedy dating podcast where influential guests and I break down the dating world and try to figure out why the fuck do we all have commitment issues? Today's topic is creating your own relationship formula. Let's do this. Hello, Kinda Daters. I'm Natasha Chandale. You're listening to Kinda Dating. Aisha's here. I'm here. Long time no see. <laughs> I know. It's been forever. Uh, we got gummy bears in front of us now we and chocolate. We are ready for this next hour. Yes. Let's go. <laughs> uh, we have a really fun episode, guys, uh, for you. And we have a really great guest back again. Um, he hasn't gone anywhere. He's just been sitting next to us this whole time. But in advance, if you like this episode, screenshot it. Tag us and tell us what you thought of it on Instagram. Um, we will reshare it. Um, and also tell your friends, guys. Did you tell your friends? Did you tell your friends? Did you tell your friends about the podcast? Please do. Um, and tell them to subscribe to the podcast wherever they get it. Um, also leave us a five-star rating or review if you haven't already. We love to read them. It helps us a lot in the charts. So please do that. Also follow us. We're on social media. We're at Kinda Dating across the board. I am at Aisha Says Dance across the board. And I'm at Natasha Chandale on Instagram and Facebook and Natasha.Chandale on TikTok. So guys, now when we're younger, we think there's one way to live. You, know, you meet someone, you date, get married, have a kid. Life is very linear. It's a simple black or white formula. But then you get older and you start living life and realizing there's a whole lot of gray. Now, instead of a straight road, life is a windy road with fucking hidden landmines everywhere around every curve. And soon, that formula isn't so applicable anymore. So you come up with your own. And to talk about this is our friend again, TV writer, comedian, executive producer of Modern Family. One of the executives. Never Trumper. Never Trumper. Not Danny ever. Zucker. It's me, Danny Zucker. This must be exciting for you and your audience. This is so exciting. I wish I envy you having that feeling because I'll never know. It, right. Because I'm, <laughs> I'm just always me. You're yeah. like, yeah. I get to live my cool life. Yeah. Yeah. It's just glamorous. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're going to ask you again the same question that we did last time, but people, in case they're just tuning in, yeah. single or in a relationship. I am desperately single. <laughs> ready so, to mingle? I'm ready to mingle. There you go. Find me on social media if you have daddy issues. Um, <laughs> This is why I'm a really good dad to my daughters, because if you're not, this is what's at the end of the rainbow. <laughs> <laughs> what is your favorite way of meeting people or what, what has been? I mean, honestly, socially, I actually weirdly found in the day, like, like social media was a much better way for me to meet people than on a dating app, you know? Yeah. And then, you know, I, I, I hate when I open a dating app and there's nothing to comment on. It's pictures and it's like three things they like. And it's like, you know, walking, shopping. Um, that's and it's like, oh, cool. What would be my opening line? Yeah, you know, it's like, you know, nice butt. You know, <laughs> I mean, if and you know, that, it's weird. I can't do it. You're very active on social media too. I am. It was well. I've decreased my usage of it because it was affecting because of the Trump stuff and because of the politics stuff. I found it very much um, affecting my mental health. And so once Biden got elected. And, you know, and what got it sworn in, I really minimized it. I did the exact same thing. I, I, really? I just stopped. I was like, oh, you know what? I I, yeah. I do it a lot during election cycle yeah. because I'm like, everybody, yeah, yeah. like, tune in. Exactly. Fucking do the right thing. Yeah. And then as soon as it's done, you're just like, 
Okay, Take just leave me alone. And now I'm like, okay, gearing back up next year. It's going to start again. Yeah. But for now, I just like throw in a little here and there and that's it. I, I yeah, and I was getting, I was just getting so, I mean, and I used to, I never, I used to think like that all the hate that was being thrown at me from morons and bots and all that, like it wasn't affecting me. And it probably, on some level, I could make it funny. I have a thick skin, but it just started to wear down. It was more like, it gives you a view of humanity that is so, um, it's not the correct view and it makes you negative and, and angry. So. Has your social media presence ever uh, disrupted your relationships? Like, have, have you dated somebody and they were like... No, I think because people actually know, like most people and women, you should definitely, before you go on a date with somebody, give them a goog if you can. Oh, it's yeah. like for your own safety. It's like, you know, but... Um, I have a thing. If they are if they have no digital presence, you should not be dating them. Yeah, no, they're you're going to wind up in a cabin yeah. Yeah. reading his manifesto. <laughs> so don't do that. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, so most people, people usually know what I'm getting. I, I, occasionally I've met somebody, you know, didn't get where I was coming from at all. And it's like, really? You, I'm not like shy about what I believe. Yeah. So. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. Um, so you, uh, in the last episode, we were talking about divorce yes. and you are, have been divorced for three years now yeah. and back in the dating world, but you have an interesting relationship with your ex. So what, what is that sort of, yeah. what is your current situationship? Well, the person who's mediating us, because we're still, we're going, going, was said she wants to write a paper on us because it's just very, because like neither my my ex Annette or or me, like we we just, we always liked each other. Our issue was we just became kind of friends and I I, I wasn't a good man at the end and, um, uh, or I wasn't acting honorably, but we, she is like, um, a loving and um, and compassionate person. And so we have like this unbelievably, um, we have this wildly good relationship. I mean, especially like when the dating thing was on, like I would show her who was on my app and this. She would show me who was on hers. I took the girl, the girl I was dating recently, it was such a funny thing because she was like, um, uh, the reason I, I'll mention this is because she's, you know, she, she, that she's Asian American. It, it, has a, it has some value. So my son was performing at um he's like he was in a band and they were performing at um god what's the the viper room and and so annette called me i'd never met this boyfriend she had had she's like hey this guy wants to come would that be okay and it's like oh and you can bring you know you bring yours and it's like okay yeah okay i, I ran it by my girlfriend at the time and she's like yeah sure anyway we go to this 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 viper room thing now Annette had broken up with her boyfriend, but as a, at one point, but as a condition of um, them getting back together, he said, you need to repair your relationship with your ex because she's the mother of your kids because they like you, you have a lot of hostility. She got them to talk. So here's what happens. I walk in with Teresa, my girlfriend. <laughs> uh, she walks in with her boyfriend. After a minute or two, his wife, his ex-wife, also shows up with their kid. Then my ex-mother-in-law, whose husband had died a year ago, shows up with her new boyfriend. And it was a parade of exes. And to which my girl said, this is some white people shit. <laughs> I was, this is, it's very Grace and Frankie right now. It was so, like, uh, and, 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 and I, like, we, we, had, we had a great time. And, like, I... Like, I, you, you were talking about deal breakers at certain points, but, like, I'm close with her. I don't, like, I'm not, like, 
I need you to be secure enough that you know, like if if I'm in a real relationship with you, I'll, I'm not going to see her, but we're like friends. I mean, we, 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 uh, she, she had broken up with her, her, uh, boyfriend, which thankfully was for the last time. And, um, she had a photo, she's a photographer and she had a trip planned to Indonesia and he was going to go with her. And then it broke off and I was, I was away and she just texted me. He's like, I don't want to go to Jakarta alone. And I want to do this. It's like, basically pay, would you come? And it's like, I'll get your own room. And it's like, okay. And I, so we traveled to Indonesia together, had a great time. And, and you know, I, you know, it's like, and everybody like I knew said, we have to write that as like a comedy. But I said, and so I said, everybody wants me to write this as a comedy, but if we're going to do that, I think we need to fuck. But, but oh, we, exactly. We, I was just going to say, yeah, but that's it did, the only part we, that, that, that didn't happen. And it wasn't like, neither was, she was really on the rebound and not that it could never, but that was not going to happen. In that yeah. Moment. My son is, uh, for his graduation in, at the end of March is, you know, we had a trip, plan. he's taking him on a trip, we're going to New Zealand with him. So it's going to be the three of us. I'm going to get my own room. But it's like more expensive because we don't get our own rooms. Yeah. But, uh, but, but yeah. so, and how, uh, two questions to that, how are the kids taking that? And how did the kids, are? did they get confused by that? Or, well, or were they confused? And then two, what if you were to date somebody and they said, I, I don't feel comfortable with you. Well, let me put it this way. Being friends with your ex. Here's the truth. If I was in a relationship with somebody at the time, I would never go on a vacation with my ex in that life. I just, I couldn't. I mean, we had, and one family thing that we did on a cruise, my family was there over Christmas and it did rub my, the girl, my girlfriend the wrong way. And it should have, I thought about it. I didn't think that was like, but like, so I wouldn't have done that. As for my kids, they know we're weirdos. You know, they do. One of my daughters, one of the twin girls was angry at me the most. She was angry at me for it going, for the relationship breaking down like way longer than my ex who I actually had wronged. And so that, what was tricky was with her is her worst nightmare for her would be that we got back together. So she doesn't want that. But we're, we're now, me and that daughter are closer, but she still doesn't want my ex um, to be back with and and I, you know, I I weirdly get that on some level. I mean, when my parents broke up, I didn't want my mom people to be have their own um, relationships with their exes, and especially when you were married and you have kids, yeah. Yeah. co-parenting is becoming more of a. But I feel like even a few years ago, maybe ten years ago, that co-parenting thing was very still separate. It was. Hey, you see him on weekends. This is it. Blah blah yeah. blah. But I don't know if it was like Gwyneth Paltrow. And Chris Martin yeah, yeah, and like uncoupling. conscious uncoupling right. that like really made everybody go, hey, I think you can yeah. co-parent together and be friends. But I also it seems like it's a lot of work. Yeah, it is. I mean, I don't. I I had it easy. I mean, in terms of like my kids were my were either about to graduate college or going into college, so no one was in. It wasn't like it wasn't that custody thing, which can get tricky. But I, I don't know. I, I think, like, you can be mad at your ex, but, like, I watch people who go into all-out warfare over money, hiding money, and I, I don't care. Honestly, I just, I want enough to live. I want, but I, the idea that I would be hiding money from her, who, like, was with my kids and did all that stuff, it's just so gross. And my dad kind of did that. I guess I don't want that to happen. I, I feel like, I'll have enough, whatever it is. Well, I'll be fine. It's like, and it's not like I'm super rich. It's like, I definitely had to lower my lifestyle, but it's like, so what? I'm not going to make her do it. Yeah. So. Makes sense. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. So I, we're, we're on. And it was funny because both 
I'm sorry, I'm probably monologuing too much. No. Yeah, you're great. <laughs> my, uh, Annette talked about this too, but all of our friends would come up to us and say, it's always good in the beginning. You need to protect yourself with this, this, and this. You know, she's living in the house. She has a right to the house. All that stuff. And they were telling her, you need to do this with the forensics. And it's like, okay. And then we tell each other that. It's like, yeah, I just, I believe, like, I don't believe you would do that to me. And it's like, yeah, I don't believe you would do that to me. And so, like, we have our issues, but we know that that's not going to happen. But no one can believe it. And rightfully so, I guess people do turn. But we're not turning so far. We'll see. And, like, uh, in that vein, like, how do you deal with people who have their own, like, opinions about how relationship is supposed to be? And, like, you know, we're saying these things. I think that we are delightful weirdos. So, I, if I take that, if, you, if that offends people or, or they have their own fear, I'm pretty aware that they're bringing that to them. I'm, 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 I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm armored against that, I guess, in some way, against their judgment. Yeah. I mean, on certain things, I care what people think, but on those sorts of things, I know I'm a weirdo. I, you know, it's like, I understand, because I do understand how weird this looks. I mean, even when we were on vacation, uh, not in this Indonesia thing, we, it's like, we both just said, because a couple of times, it's just like, we'll just say we're married to people. It's like, because yeah. other, you can't like, it, otherwise it's a five minute conversation. Sure. So it was fine. Mm-hmm. But that was it. Yeah. And I think that's as long as you're both yeah. in agreement with each other about what's being said, I think it makes it a little... Yeah, we checked in with each yeah, other yeah. that, so... Because um, I, uh, I know a few friends who have very sort of unique ways of partnering. Yeah. So, you know, um, I have a couple friends that love the shit out of each other, but... They sleep in separate bedrooms. I know a lot because of those. they have sleep issues. Like one actually can't sleep with somebody physically there next to them, or if they move a lot or yeah. whatever, just they can't. And then I have another my my boyfriend's friends who actually uh, fully married. They've been married for like fifteen years, have kids, whatever. They live in two different wow. like states in Spain, and uh, and that was just like they still they, they see each other. They're committed. They're not in an open. I was like, are they? Are in you an open sure they're not? I don't know. That's what they say. They <laughs> say they're you not. Said they have kids. Yeah, but wow. because one uh, one's job is in another state, yeah. oh, that makes and sense. Yeah. and the other just is like my life is here and I don't want to move. And Straight the kids up. are here and whatever. But they're like fully committed, and he flies on weekends. Oh, well, and they've good. been yeah. doing that, and I was like. Okay, but why? But see, this is the reaction, right? Everybody's like, "Whoa!" Why do you think other people have a problem with it? Because we're putting ourselves into it. Yeah. Like, if if my, if my wife says, "Like, um, I'm in a committed relationship," it's like, "I'd like a house in Spain where I'm gonna live alone. I'm I'm gonna feel like just because what I'm bringing to the table for me. Well, I guess we're not really married. I might actually be okay with it most of the time. But it, but it, but it feels like." It's hard to not put yourself in that and think of that as a rejection or things like that. But I know when I do that, I'm bringing my own stuff to it. Yeah, personally, I don't totally believe in, um, I don't believe in marriage. Like, I believe in a committed relationship and and monogamy, but I just, the ritual of marriage is weird for me. And uh, I'm just very unsure of kids. I've been, I've always kind of been like, I don't know. but other people have such a weird thing about life. And then I've always said, well, if I were to ever have a kid, it would probably be through a surrogate. And other people have so many issues with these things. It's I'm like, crazy. why do you care? No, it's crazy. Um, um, the, uh, women are, especially in that group, they, and, and men too, but they bring so much about children. Like, I have never been evangelical about children. I mean, I think it's like, I'm glad I had them. 
I also know if I never had them, I would have a rich, fulfilling life in other ways. I wouldn't know what I missed. I'd be happy. And most importantly, much richer. <laughs> it's true. That, that, is, that is true. Uh, it's very but, true. Uh, but no, but I, you know, I do, I, I love them and I bring, you know, I, they, they, uh, um, it's great. But yeah, my, my ex was, it worked as was a social worker. I worked in foster care and adoption. And it was a common thing when she, that I never knew, I put this in a script once, but that like, so she has like um, somebody of fostering a baby or something like that. And they're out in public bottle feeding it. And somebody feels the need to come up to them and say, you should really be breastfeeding. Is that the crazy? And, and I, we heard that complaint a couple times. And it's like, people are just like, that That evangelical instinct about anything, religion, like, I don't need you to believe what I believe. But people are, I, people are so, their, their own belief system is so fragile that unless they can get Oh yeah, that's that's what I uh, used to chalk it up to because, like you know, in Indian culture, it's a very famous thing of Indian aunties. You know, Indian yeah. aunties love to have an opinion about your life, and and so they would. Before I even had a boyfriend, they would be like, "Oh, you still haven't met anybody? Why haven't you met somebody?" And and so then I had to learn to turn it around and and make it make them feel even shittier about their lives, where I would be like. Oh, you know, it's not about just meeting anyone. It's about meeting the right person. Oh. And then I could just see their life flashing before their eyes because I knew they made shitty choices. That's and, then, and that's what it was about. It was that misery loves company. Yeah. So they're like, they've made shitty choices and settled. And they're like, you should settle. Why are you going out and living your best life? And like, no, I get that. My dad was kind of, it reminded me of my dad in this way. Because my dad, like, I never wanted to do anything other than comedy. From the minute I could tell, like, I was five, I knew, like, I wanted to do something in comedy. I loved it. It's all I wanted to do. But my dad, for my dad was a fighter pilot and wanted to be fly professionally. He didn't, but he wound up starting a business that was very, he was very successful in like a business that like, like made components for computers. And he was hugely successful, but he never loved it. But he used to tell me, it's like, no, it's great that you can do comedy, but you could be like the funny guy at the stock exchange. You want to do your job and have a job. And it was like, and so the idea that I actually succeeded it, it threw his worldview into view. So the idea that you're happy single and, or, you know, in that situation, it may, you're exactly right. They're looking at, it's reflected back at them. Yeah. Oh, out. if I told you, if I have a TikTok video um, that went a little virally and it it was, there's a um, sync song. It's gonna, 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 it's gonna be me. So the, I put the caption and then Instagram, I changed it. But oh. because in TikTok, I got so much fucking backlash for it. Oh. All men. And I said um, something about uh, when you choose not to uh, get married and have kids, but uh, still live a fulfilled life uh, with a lot of sex. And I said, it's gonna be me. And oh my God, dudes in there, just all men going, oh, you think you're gonna have sex now because you look like this? Wait 10 years, nobody's gonna wanna have sex with you. Who Nobody, does blah, blah, that? blah, blah, blah. Wow. Oh my God. It's always like, for me, it was always um, men. And you've got at least 11 years. <laughs> I mean, that's what's so annoying. That's what I said. It was like at least a little yeah. bit longer. Yeah. I, I mean, you know, you take care of yourself, you get 12. Uh, and, then, and then boom, you hit <laughs> then, the wall. Oh. No. Downhill. Then but it was so, it was so interesting because I felt like it was, and women were like, yeah. And men were just like, and I realized, oh, it was a reflection. They felt that. Oh, completely. They felt like me saying I didn't want to get married and have kids was like me shitting on them. 
Yeah. And yeah. I was like, I'm not dating you to reject you, bitch. It's this incel thing though, what is it? It's crazy. And it goes hand in hand with like it goes it goes hand in hand with racism too. It's it all fits in to this thing. And yep. what I've noticed, my 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 female friends of color get it worse. And but all women get it worse, especially if they take it, take it on. And we've let people say things like things you're supposed to be ashamed for feeling and working out. They, we've made it, they're proud of it. Oh yeah. I've, uh, yeah, personally, I, I have found it to be guys who, who are men who've been the most judgy. And I was like, that's, that's interesting. very odd. Um, yeah, no, I think it is men, but they attack women. Oh, yeah. I mean, I just always joke. I'm like, oh, they think I have feelings. I don't give a fuck. Uh, I'm yeah, like, yeah, yeah, you're, yeah. you're not paying my bills. I'm yeah. like, I just, I actually say to them, I'm like, oh, please keep commenting because um, you're helps. helping my algorithm. I was like, I always say, I always say, you can't compete with the voice in my head. Yeah, right. (laughs) Give me whatever you think of me. I hate myself more. That's a good (laughs) one. Bring it. That's a good one. (laughs) So, you know, something I was, I, I mentioned kind of in the opening of this is, is that do you think as you get older, what is acceptable and unacceptable changes? Like, again, I, Everything that exists now has probably existed. We're not a swinging, not you know, ethical non-monogamy, polyamory. Yeah. All these things have been around. Have been around, mm-hmm. but they feel much more acceptable now. Um, where there are a lot of couples who openly are like, "Hey, we go to." We swing. We, you know, are in a polyamorous relationship. I know a lot of writers who, yeah. you know, are have, are open. Um, do you think life is a, a lot more shades of gray now? I think it's a much more accepting world. I mean, I think you can actually, I mean, you know, the 60s were one thing and people would like dip their toes into that and say, I wasn't you know, remember it, but, 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 you know, and they, you know, you'd have those, those kind of like key parties, but it was one time and then you go back to your thing. But now, and I think this is a positive thing, you know, we're much more open about, um, about whatever sexual arrangement you want to have. And, um, you know, I grew up in, you know, in the eighties and I, you know, just, it was something, even just the gay straight stuff, like seeing at my son's prom, like gay couples coming over and there, like, the gay friends I had in high school had to graduate early to get out of there. It was so tough then. And yeah, I think people are, you know, and you know, you, we have a thing called slut shaming. Like you can actually be called out for that, which is fucking great. Cause it was always a stupid, stupid idea. No one can be a, no woman can be a slut without a guy. I never fucking got that, but it was like, and so, um, but I'm glad we have that. So I think that there's, I mean, not, you know, go to a MAGA rally, you'll get it all. But, but I'm just talking about in the literate world, you're, you're not going to, you're not going to get that. So I, I think it's a positive. I mean, we've left our, I've left my kids on a terrible planet in every other way, but at least this part is good. Yeah. That's actually a very good way of, of <laughs> yeah. putting yeah. it. I mean, Aisha, you want to talk about communication stuff? Yeah. I mean, so how important is communication um, in these kind of situations that aren't quote unquote, not of the norm, you know? From what I mean, I have friends who are like, it's not like they swing, but like they'll, I have couples I know where they bring like, and they'll both pick up a girl, and they'll, they'll have those nights people. But what it is is the ones who are successful in their God, or both parties are into it, and you know what the ground rules are. Like everybody's very clear on what the rules are, and whatever those are, are fine. But that if you deviate from those rules, then you're talk about them because it's so fragile. Even everybody's so cool with all this stuff, but eventually feelings can get hurt. And you're walking such a high wire, 
the only way that would last for so I think and I think in any relationship it's just like I like that I don't like that you know wrong hole all of that stuff <laughs> is it in is it in <laughs> call back yeah call back are you done um, that was fast <laughs> so speaking of uh Communication is one of these sort of lessons. You worked and helped shepherd a lot of, of, of a very famous show. Yes. Called Modern Family. Ever heard of it? I don't know, guys. Have you? Hold for applause. <laughs> so what did you learn from doing a show like Modern Family about the dynamics of modern families? It's a really good question. I actually wrote a, a, a thing... Uh, it does force you. Well, this, let me talk about my daughter, Lily, for a second on this. There was a time when she, so, I don't know, she was like 14 and really mouthing off like to me. And I said, like, she said, you're the worst dad ever. I said, okay, if you say that, I know you're mad. You say that again, I'm going to take away your phone. You're the worst dad ever. I take away your phone. Now it escalates even further. She's like, eh, okay, I'm going upstairs. I'm pulling out the TV. I'm starting to unplug the TV. I can't believe it. And she blurts out. How come you can write such a great dad, but you can't be one? And I immediately like gave her back her stuff, <laughs> went to my office and wrote. I said, that's brilliant. Thank you. <laughs> but it was like, it was true. I mean, we, the it's a weird thing because I've watched a lot of marriages fall apart while we were on that show and, and all this. So we are writing. We know what an ideal, we know what an ideal husband would be in Phil Dubby. We know what that should look like. We know that aspiration. So we can't say we didn't know. When we act, yeah. So because we, we do introspect on it a lot. So um, yeah, I think anytime you're, I think not just Modern Family, I think anytime you're writing, if you're really writing honestly, it's forcing you to like examine those things. Don't you think? Oh, 100%. Yeah. I mean, uh, I always say that this podcast has made me 10 times more accountable than I would of have course. ever been in anything else because I now feel like, oh, I have to do the things that I am telling other people to do and doesn't mean you're you're perfect at all I'm definitely not but it makes me 10 times more mindful I was like mm, you told everybody you should talk about it like this and so I step away exactly. and then I come back yeah. and I'm like okay how do you reframe this and talk about it like this and exactly. you know, it feels like a lot more work but I mean it pays off in the end but yeah, yeah. you feel accountable yeah you feel accountable yeah. so by just putting those things out there it's not like we're making up the right thing to do but we are examining it and and you know, throwing the show and writing the wrong thing to do. And, and but what do, were there any specific things as you guys were creating this sort of aspirational life that you took away or could say, you know, people listening, like communication is the thing or this is the thing. For like, sure. What, I mean, what are the things that keep these dynamics working? Well, it is. It's an open line of communication. I mean, weirdly, it was, it went the other way with us. It's like we brought a lot of things that happened to us into that writer's room. And then we reframe them in the way they should have gone. I, if that makes any sense, if that's how it goes. And sometimes funnier and things like that. But we would take these little things that were very real to us and often not funny. And, and how do you frame them? So it did sort of say, oh, this would have been a better way. This would have been a better way toward conflict negotiation. Or this would have been a much worse way to conflict negotiate. So we are playing with those things. So that's 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 how it goes, yeah. Well, I think that people should go back and watch the show if you haven't already um, and just learn um, and also give Danny residuals. Yes. Get those, those streaming residuals <laughs> that we're about to strike for. Oh, yep. 
yep, yep, yep. Yep. Uh, we need those. Uh, Danny, thank you so much for being on this the show. This was an absolute pleasure. It's so nice to meet you in Three Dimensions and meet you for the first time. Also in Three Dimensions. This has yeah. been so fun. Um, Danny, one more time. How can everybody find you on social media? I'm at Danny Zucker, Z-U-K-E-R, on uh, all of them. And guys, uh, all of his links will be in the show notes. So make sure you follow Danny because follow he's me. <laughs> I'm a national treasure. Yeah. You kind of are. Yeah. Uh, and guys, we are also national treasures. No, yes. <laughs> yes. International treasure. Because you're from Canada. Yep. Yeah. And India. Um, guys, oh, follow right. us too. We're on social media. We're at kind of dating across the board. I am at Aisha says dance across the board. And I'm at Natasha Chandale on Instagram and Facebook. Natasha on TikTok. Thank you, friends, for downloading this episode. If you like something you heard, please screenshot the episode and tag us on Instagram. Finally, I know it seems tough out there, but just try. Till next time. Kind of Dating is part of the Frolic Podcast Network. Find more podcasts you'll love at frolic.media slash podcasts. Kinda Dating is created, produced, and hosted by myself, Natasha Chandel. Aisha Holden is my co-host. Adam Pineless and Karina Uribe are producers. Our opening music is composed by Joe Lorenzetti, and our logo and graphics are by Jenna Yannick and K. Daniel Ellis.